Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode number, jeez, uh, 207 for October 30th, 2019. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. Wow, that was awful. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spores, Joshua Alexander, and Gangi and Pop Pop. Makerspace. Boys, how we doing? What are we working on? Bill Lutz, go. I am good, and I'm making something good. <laughs> cool. Wow. Tim? Uh, I am bad, and I'm making something awful. Phil? <laughs> well, no, come on, Bill. You, you must have more to say than that. Um, uh, so Heidi Jacobs has, um, I told you she was making the ceramic guitar box body, uh, uh, for a build and a video I want to do, uh, it's shipping. She, she said, Hey, I'm ready to get this thing shipped out. So that's exciting. Um, what else at work? I'm actually making, um, I'm fabricating, uh, something I haven't done in a while. Uh, I mean, I haven't fabricated something in a while. So a big sliding door broke and it needs a big metal bracket and I'm going to make one instead of order it. I just thought that was kind of fun. So hmm. uh, I'm doing that, right? Yeah. And, I mean, you tell um, us. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing that. Okay, great. Okay. There was like an upward yeah. inflection like you were asking us. I don't know what you're making. Yeah. It's like, am I making that? Yeah. I don't remember now. Yeah. Phil, come on. You're my you're my thoughtful person. Remember what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, no, about. no. Totally, yeah. Um, uh, and, and then I've got a, a few other ideas. I still want – I'm still tripping on last week's idea. I don't know if it made it or not because uh, I screwed up the podcast. But – Remember, there was a shop stool idea that I had uh, I wanted to make out of plywood. Because Tim, you were saying, oh, it, that would be good, but it needs to have a place for your foots. And I'm right. going to make a shop stool with foots. Place that's, for your foots. That's collapsible? That's stack, yeah, like flat packable. Yeah, no, I, I think because I was thinking about it too. Like we were talking about doing that, the the double, the slot down right. the middle. You could have and another slot in two of the boards. Exactly. Is what I'm saying. Actually, at an angle so it yep. slips down in so the downward pressure of your foot right, keeps it in right. place. Yep, because you only need the edge of it. It doesn't need to be... You know, yep. it actually be kind of cool to do multiples of them and it could become like a storage unit too. Because, again, I'm thinking about like trade shows and stuff. Like, uh, oh, you know, if so I, like if, yeah, of this slanted, so. so if you put like four of them, like two low and two high, you slid all in, you could actually like store business cards and or have like t- things for people to take from there. Or you can take check this out. What if you took um, you made the the four thing and the foots like we were talking about, but for the seat is actually like a box. It slips over it upside oh, down, yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's a seat. But so you, you can, can actually seat use up. it as an actual box. I'm writing this down right now. I like this. How does the <laughs> box collapse though? The box doesn't collapse because it's it's used for carrying stuff to the trade show. But what if so the you, box? Un- yeah. What if you could un. un- do the legs and they fit into the box if you made the box that deep maybe or I don't know but yeah you could carry stuff into the trade show with it yeah well you could make the box with uh, with four hinges and then if you put a like an easy swan picnic table type deal yeah, yeah. and then and yeah. then it stays rigid with some why kind of insert why don't I just make the easy swan 
picnic table instead. Just make that. Make no, that, bring it to the trade show, flip it upside down, have everybody sit on each of the four stools and play yeah. a guitar. Yep. Well, Done. problem solved. Okay. All right. Another problem solved by Izzy Swan. Yes. So apparently, I've been making Tim utilize his creativity. That's what I've been doing. Huh. Wow. That's, I mean, that feels good right there. So. Yeah. Thanks. I, I kind of needed that because I'm assuming it's my turn now. Yeah, please proceed. Okay, because like last week when we recorded, like I was starting to come down with a cold, and that cold kicked me on my butt, and I basically have been down for the count since. I'm only today starting to be able to breathe again. Uh, It was just like a sinus thing, like Phil had. It's been going around, but yeah, it was just like it it hit me pretty hard. Uh, So I haven't been getting a lot done. I did get into the shop a few hours here and there. Um, I I got my. I was pretty happy about this. I got my my wood stove ready for the winter. I cleaned it all out, and I clean the, the, the chimney out and stuff and I put new fire brick in it I bought some at the box store and all the stuff that was in there was all cracked and, mm-hmm. um, and it was like every time I lit a fire I'd stoked it like another piece of the fire brick would like fall and so they're in their weird sizes but I went and I found like the, just the fire brick that you can just buy at the box store um, like one side three of them fit perfectly and then the other side like two and a quarter of them fit and they're easy enough to cut. I have is, the little blade to cut them. Is this just lining the like the opening? Just lining the box. It's lining the the entire box, like on four sides. I left the one okay. side in, and then it's just to hold heat, basically. Like I mean, really, on your fireplace, like on the outside, aren't falling apart. No, no, it's a wood burning stove. It's a uh, oh, wood burning stove. Okay, in okay. my shop. So it's it's the fire brick on the inside, just to hold heat, so it just so it Got doesn't you. just evaporate. Got you know. You. Um, and so what, I actually left a couple of them on top of the stove, and I was like, oh, I'll just leave some on, on top of the stove too because that might help also radiate more heat out and hold it up you know, some more just to keep the heat you know, there. But anyway, so I put some of that in, and I, I bought the stuff to paste it up, and I, I built a new the, – um, it had the rack that, that holds the, the grates that hold the wood. It's a, top uh-huh. loading, it's a top loader, right? So you open the circular lid off the top right. like a manhole, drop the wood in, and then there was um, – it's from the 70s. There were these two cast iron kind of grates. They look kind of like barbecue grates almost. And you could mm-hmm. grab them. There's like a little tool. And you could grab them and shake them uh, to shake the ash down and stuff. And they were broken the first season I had the thing. Like, And I welded them. And then they broke because it's cast iron. Then I welded them again. And then they broke again, you know. And after a couple of years of that, of like always having them like just like so precariously like sitting in there, um, I got tired of that. And, uh, and I made a – I just welded a steel box and put it in there with some um, expanded steel on top. And so nice. that was that was fine. But then I went, when I pulled all the stone out, I realized that the box I had was actually a little bit too high for the, the slot that was there. I used one inch and it should have been like a three quarter. So I found some skinnier steel. I rewelded it. And this time I put more crossbars on it and less, and, and I didn't weld the expanded steel to it. So I just put a piece of expanded steel on top because that all kind of melted away. Come on, this is a good story, Phil. No, actually, I, I like it, actually, because I, I like your process of going through. Of First of all, you welded pot metal, which is awesome, because uh, people think you can't. You can't. It just sucks, and it doesn't last long. It doesn't um, last, especially under the heat, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you're, you're experimenting with this, uh, making, like, basically a barbecue grill. Yeah, so I made, like, this barbecue grill, but it ended up all just, like, peeling up. There wasn't enough support. So then I went, I just added more support. I made it, I used skinnier steel and did more support. And then I just threw it on top so I can pull it out and just if it if it gets all cruddy I can pull it out or if I don't even need it because I don't really think I do. Um, but so I think I got it. I'm pretty excited that I think my stove is going to be good this year and give me less hassle. So it'll just be easier to keep my 
Now, Shop if you're floor. ever at a thrift store and you happen to spot an actual fireplace insert grate, you know, the kind you put the logs on, yeah, you should be able to get one of those for cheap. You're going to be reusing it and uh, cut it to fit in there. I could, yeah, that's a, that's, I could potentially do that and just set it right on top of the, the things that like, I, the, the frame that I put. Yeah. And then that would last. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's, that's the next version when I break this version. <laughs> so Phil, other than wrapped, raptly, like you're, what's that word I'm thinking of? You know, like you're enthralled. You're just, other than raptly listening to Tim and I, uh-huh. uh, what are you up to? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, actually, I got something very exciting in the mail today. <clears throat> I ordered a, um, basically the buttons and a joystick to make your own arcade cabinet. So that, oh. will, so it was uh, it was thirty bucks Canadian on one of those Chinese sites, aka Banggood, um, and uh, like delivered. It doesn't even make sense that this stuff is so cheap, but I will take the money and run. And so I'm going to do a project with my son this weekend, and we're going to build a little bar top arcade machine. And either I'm going to make a video or I'm not. I haven't decided yet. Um, and uh, I'm super excited about that because it's kind of been like a forever dream of mine to build an arcade machine. So I'm going to I do would that. challenge you to not make a video with the desktop one or the tabletop one with your son and enjoy that build with your son. Yeah. But to then go for it and actually make a full-size arcade machine and make a video of that. I will take you up on that. I think that's fair. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, that'll get you. You'll uh, you'll le- learn a little. And yeah, especially working with your son. You know, like it's. I know from doing all those advanced videos. Sometimes it just sort of gets in gets the way, in the way. Of the experience. You know, but what are you going to use for a monitor? Just like an old computer monitor. I ha- Yeah, this one's going to be LCD. I have an old uh, four by three aspect ratio, nineteen inch, which is perfect for like a bar top arcade. Uh, yeah. okay. And it's like it's a square. It's not a long, you know, wide modern LCD, which doesn't really make sense for arcade machines. Um, mm-hmm. But the dream eventually is a full size, but with a CRT, um, either an old oh, television. Really? Yeah, yeah. Either an old television, yeah. or finding like an old actual um, arcade machine and then refurbing it, and then uh, getting it working properly, but with that MAME. Be fun too. Yeah, I. You, you know, know that's, what? I mean, it's, that's what I would do because if you get a, if you get a cabinet that's in halfway decent shape, I mean, that's all your woodwork is almost done already. No it question. Reclaimed. <clears throat> the problem is, yeah. is that you never see these things anymore. So I had no everything on Craigslist and Kijiji where I am right now. They're all like minimum fifteen hundred bucks. Um, but maybe I want to say five or six years ago, I found a four-player Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cabinet for a hundred and fifty bucks on Craigslist. Um, and I'm like, Kate, I'm coming. I called my brother who had a pickup truck at the time. I paid for his gas to fill it up because it was like a little drive away and he always keeps it on empty. And uh, <clears throat> so we are on our way. We get to this girl's house. She does not answer her doorbell. And I'm emailing and I'm texting. And finally about 20 minutes being out of there, she's like, I sold it, I'm sorry. I didn't know what to do. I'm sorry, I sold it already. I was like, no, I spent 50 bucks in gas well, here, and seeing... I spent time with my brother, what? Yeah, <laughs> here's a $400 uh, Asteroids. And a hundred seventy-five dollar uh, Pac-Man that are Ooh. relatively close to me. Here's a four hundred dollar DataCast wrestling arcade machine. But yeah, I see. There are a lot of them are a thousand bucks and up. I don't uh, have any of these I, old. I, ones I would you say have. build a cabinet. It can't be that that. It's just a big box. You it's know a what? Really big box. That arcade you know machine. I, two dollars. 
the thing is, it's not about the cabinet at all. I would throw the I would throw the cabinet away. I have no problem building the cabinet. It's getting it's, it's the screen. It's the screen. It's getting the original CRTs because they're not television CRTs. They right. run at a different they're frequency. Different. They run at like twenty five megahertz. Wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know anything about what you just said. With no, I don't want to hurt anybody. Um, get it? Because you said megahertz. Anyway, well, uh, honestly, um, I remember my buddy who was into computers a long, long time ago. Um, he was a gamer, but he was all excited when this ginormous 25-inch monitor, it was yeah. a big square monitor, came out. And he, wasn't that CRT? Yeah, back in the day, yes. But it wasn't. Arcade CRTs are not the same as computer CRTs, and they're not the same as television CRTs. So you want it to be original. You're just going to have to look on eBay and, and cough up the money, and you're, you might not get the Phil Pinsky deal. Well, I patience is on my side. I will find it. I yeah. I look for arcade cabinets. You have to. You, you can't. Because yeah. it runs at a different frequency, and a lot of the times, if you remember, sometimes they, they turn the CRTs like so it was vertical. If you played a game like 1943, you know, like that airplane that was a shoot 'em up and you just sort of had to shoot? Yep. It was, a, it was long. What rather than wide, and some games were like that. Like a lot of them were like that. So it depends on what kind of games you want to play too. Um, you know, what we I, got a, we got a couple people that listen to us. If anybody out there knows of a uh, uh, a resource, even if you're not actually, saying you uh, have one locally, you'll get it for Phil. I'm just saying if you can yeah. think of a resource, like hey, you should call up people that work on um, uh, uh, slot machines in Vegas. They might, you know what I'm saying? You know what it's I mean? It's gotta be local. So, I don't want to pay for any kind of shipping. These things are right. Beasts. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying an idea of a resource it. for yes. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No. I mean, I found in my area when I was doing all the pinball machine stuff like I was out just contacting everybody that's selling pinball machines and most people wanted nothing to do with me or they didn't write back to me or they thought I was a jerk or whatever but but then I found what? like twice I found people no way. that that were yeah I know can you believe it but uh, twice I found people that were willing to work with me like that were collectors and and I was able to get all the parts and all the things that I needed uh, from them because they were like they're like yeah no I get it and like you know I mean I, I paid for it but I didn't pay a lot like so you, right. if you find the the guy that that still services those old machines out there he has 20 or 30 of these things stacked up in his in his warehouse if you catch him on the right day he might let one of them go for 100 bucks he has them there for That's when true. the other ones break you know you gotta so find the, you gotta find the mechanic leverage, leverage find the mechanic and especially what you're doing you're not making a desk you're making a an actual working machine so you're on yeah. his side you're not like me you're not like a zel or like a you know some destroyer of vintage machines right. you'll be like hey i'm building a machine i need a monitor can you help me they'll sell yeah. you one I'm, I am destroying uh, the machine, actually, because I'd be converting it to men. So you've got, you've got, you've got two kinds of people that do don't, this. Don't say that part. Don't I know. Say that part. So, but just for our audience, there are two, people, two kinds of people who do this. You have the, the purists, right, who basically restore a machine yeah. back to its original equipment. So if it was Donkey Kong, yeah. all it does is play Donkey Kong with the original everything. And then you've got something called MAME, which is like multi-arcade machine emulator. And uh, yeah. it, you, you're replacing the guts of it with like a Raspberry Pi or a computer. And let it interface with all the equipment, and you could play just every game that anyway. ever happened from yeah. like a menu. So what do you want to do? Definitely, ma'am. I don't want to be committed to one game. Well, okay. So here's the thing: if you're going to but do you want that, the vintage using screen. modern technology, yeah. 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 If you're doing the modern technology, why do you need the vintage screen? Because he it, wants to relive his youth. Because it's it's all about he how you see all it. Because I want thousands of games, and I want them to look the way they're supposed to look. Like right now, next to I me, I have a an old CRT TV, like a little 13 or 15 inch that I found in the garbage that I have hooked up to a Raspberry Pi that runs a Super Nintendo emulator that I play with a original PlayStation controller. And like, you don't like it. I love it. 
But now I want okay, an arcade stop, machine. Okay, stop. Stop right there. Yeah. Stop right there. You're yeah. saying that you love the CRT TV because it plays the vintage game. Yeah. Why, instead of making that, but so why can't you use that? Can I can I feel this one? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because it's a different because it's a different game. The the arcade games were a different screen than the TV game. So he's playing a TV game that was designed for TV on the yeah. TV right now. He's being purist this, about this, it. This is why I went outside more and played outside. That's because you didn't have these things when you were a kid. I guarantee you, you would have played with them, like. You, I had Pong. I you were on the Pong. cusp of I'm not Pong. Kidding. I knew People it, yeah. say that as a joke for the for the era, but no, I got my first Pong game. It was amazing. Yeah. It had like three different Pong games on it. That's sweet. Mine was uh, yeah. Miss Pac-Man on Atari 2600. <laughs> I tell you, what, I could go for a game of Breakout right now. I like to Breakout. Yeah, that was an Atari yeah. game, uh, and I have that too on this. By the way, I also have an Atari yeah. controller that cl- plugs into this Raspberry Pi. Um, and and an NES controller, Nintendo controller for playing Nintendo games. Like, uh, it's fun. And and these are the only video games my kids play. Like, they have a Nintendo Switch, but they'd much rather come in and hang out and play these games with me on my tiny little TV that they think is hilarious that I got from the garbage. Um, let's get on track here because I feel like we're burning daylight. Um, yeah. And I, by that I mean moonlight. Um, so that's what we're all working on. Um, the topic tonight is... Uh, Tim, go ahead and tell them. Okay, so I was listening to one of my new favorite podcasts called The Hidden Brain, and the episode that I just listened to this afternoon was called, uh, well, abbreviate BS Jobs, and it was talking about all those jobs that are out there, and we all know what they're talking about. Some of us might even have them, where these jobs, like, they don't really matter. Like, you go if you don't do anything for a week or a month or a year, as long as you look busy, it doesn't matter. Like, the one example from the story was a guy that his whole job, he was a subcontractor of a subcontractor for a government job. And if someone got promoted and they had to move the offices, his job, or they had to move desks for whatever reason, his job was to, to rent a car and drive to the, the military base pack up the guy's computer, put it into a box, and then hand it to someone else who would then unpack it on the new desk. Uh, and of course, there's paperwork and forms, you know, all along the way. So that's what we're talking about, about a BS job. And I was laughing, and I'm in there, and I'm working on the guitar I'm making for no one. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself how I'm, how I'm so much better than these people that I'm, I'm doing this stuff. And then they got me thinking, like, well, wait a minute. Is this just a BS job, like what I'm doing? Do people really need what we make? Are, are we just kidding ourselves by thinking that we're we're doing something better by creating these products and these things and um, you know I mean obviously the quality of life like the happiness thing because all these people that have these jobs most of them say they're unhappy and so obviously we're already winning in that side if we if we feel more fulfilled with what we're doing but are we actually helping are we actually doing something is is my question that I had is sort of esoteric sort of moment I had this existential breakdown in my workshop today so I'm hoping Phil and Bill can reel me in so say that again. Are we helping? Are we? Are we? Are we? Are our jobs BS jobs? Is all the stuff I'm making? Sure, I'm selling it. Sure, I'm making a living making things that have reclaimed. Is it all for nothing? Am I really making a difference? Am I really making a dent? Do people really need the stuff that I'm making, or is it all just a waste of time? I have to say, just right off the bat, really simply, that no, of course not. That's you are making a difference. You are making a dent. It's not a waste of time. You're paying your mortgage first of all, uh, and that's important. Well, so is the guy that sits at his desk and does nothing. True. Are you the guy that sits at his desk and does nothing? No, but feel, uh, but is it like at the end of the day? At the end of the day, when you go home, do you feel like that you've not accomplished anything? I know there's days when I'm working on a project that 
I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall because I'm stuck or something like that, you know, sure. even, uh, maker's sure. block or whatever. But at the end yeah. of the day, when I'm, when I, every time I finish a project for the most part, um, I feel like I've done something. I've made a difference to me that counts, right? Yeah. Making a difference that, to yourself. I, yeah, I agree. And that's where I feel like, well, that's where I'm like, I was like, well, no, I don't have a BS job, like because of that. But then I was thinking like, well, maybe if I step outside of myself, is it really just chasing my own tail and, I, and I, I always go back to this I had this fourth grade teacher that she had us all get up in the classroom I talk about her all the time she was so influential on me uh, and she had all the kids get up in the class and she had us all push on this wall she's like alright everybody push on that wall and, uh, and so we're all pushing and we're being dramatic because we're 10 you know we're like oh we're, we're pushing and then so we did this for like what felt like forever it was probably 30 seconds and she asked us you know alright you know you guys been working hard huh you all like yeah Miss Devine we've been working really hard she's like well the wall hasn't moved so technically you've done no work at all because nothing's changed and uh, I mean, I don't know if she's a Zen master or she just wanted to go smoke a cigarette while we all pushed on the wall, but <laughs> like, like these, these uh, are the kind of lessons, like, am I, you know, like, what are we really doing in our shops? Are we just uh, okay, pushing on so walls? Here, here let, me, let me throw this in. Both of you can answer this, and I hope to be able to answer this um, because of I will um, do something with my daughter. But Phil, you just mentioned, you're, so are you going to really make, what kind of a difference are you making in the life of your kid that you want to make an arcade with? Right, that's making a difference. What you make is actually making a difference. And Tim, of course, you build with vans all the time, so. Yeah. Okay, but you're we're mixing we're mixing two things here, right? So the first thing is 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 Tim making a difference? Are we making a difference in general? Of course, we're going to make a difference to our kids. Our kids, you know, even the most abusive parent has kids that look up to them. It's just sort of hardwired into the kids. I'm not saying be abusive. I'm saying that no matter what. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. I'm saying no matter what, your kids will love you, right? So be as good to them as you possibly can, and they will always take as much out of whatever you put into them. Um, but I think the the larger question is is more for the community, the maker community, is what are we doing? Are we actually making a difference? Um, and I'll answer that by, by talking about a concept called the tipping point, right? A lot of the times it takes forever, right, to push a boulder up a hill you know you're pushing and it feels like you're not really moving at all because you're only going like inch by inch by inch by inch but then once you hit the apex of that hill that ball that boulder then just starts to get easier and then it just rolls on its own right and that's sort of the way these movements get going um, you take a look at some of the I'm not for or against I'm just saying you take a look at the progressive left that's going on in the US right now right Bernie Sanders has been talking about these progressive things for like the last what feels like 40 50 years and to an echo chamber, to nobody, to nothing. Now all of a sudden it's resonating because it took a long time for that message to sort of permeate. And that's the way these things happen. So are you making a difference? Absolutely. Will it take yeah. time for it to get out and to, and, and, to, and to really resonate with people? Absolutely, but we're getting to a point where that is the case. And so don't feel wasted through your efforts. Feel invigorated by the fact that we're getting closer to a time where, uh, where you know, your message will be the message. I don't know if that needs to be the case, so if we need to have my message be the message or yours, but if you think about it, why is the maker community the amazingness that it is? Is because of each of these little tiny things that everybody's making a difference. We're all accumulating all this knowledge, mm -hmm. all this sharing, all this everything is accumulating. As you were talking about your analogy, mine is I'm thinking of uh, uh, all the all the zombies running up against the wall in Z Nation or whatever it was, where, yeah, the first few zombies oh, yeah. hit this wall that's 100 feet high, no big deal, but the more they 
kept running, the more zombies that came. They were building a natural bridge to get up over this wall, right? With, mm-hmm. with everybody, one zombie everybody contributing, <laughs> one zombie at a time. Everybody yeah. contributing a little bit, making that big difference. So, yeah, absolutely, we are making a difference. And as far as reclaim, though, Tim, you said, are we making a dent in what? Like, as far as like, are we helping the environment? Are we? What? I mean, both. I mean, there's obviously there's like the environmental impact, right? That's a good that's a good question. And then there's also the dent in the consciousness of people and the way they the, the more like the Bernie Sanders, you know, dent where people start having a different you know shift of how they look at materials and and uh, and what they consume. You know, I I stopped. I'm not as hung up on. Uh, I used to be really hung up on that with like the the material themselves. Like I didn't want to buy anything. I think Phil is still kind of there almost in a lot of ways, but for different reasons. And actually, no, the same reasons. I was a cheapskate too. That's why I started in with like the, <laughs> not the cheap cheapskate, Phil. Right. Yeah, no, not the, I'm not saying you're a cheapskate, but uh, just a little. <laughs> but um, but no, seriously, like I didn't. You know, if I if I get cut a piece of wood or you know a pallet, I want to. I was. I was trying to save the runners, right? I was trying to pull every nail out, and now I'm at the point where I just cut those runners off and throw them away because the the other eighty percent that I'm saving, I have a it's a better yield, it's less time, you know that balance, right? Um, so, but but yeah, I I realize that there's always going to be waste, you know. But is it like if I'm making a guitar or a coffee table out of it? Like, do we really need another guitar? Do we really need another coffee table? Like. Well, it, look, if you're if there's going to be another guitar or coffee table out there anyway, why not why not be one of yours that you've actually taken that little time? Well, but bit uh, but out I'm not there. slowing the factories down at all. There's this making just as No, but you're not that's your story is there, right? So the story of this mm-hmm. reclaimed guitar, right? This guy's out there playing and he is now a disciple who's now telling your message, who's telling our message, right? That we should be buying more from local we should be buying more from reclaimed. We should be reusing more materials. So it's one more zealot, one more apostle to the cause. Yeah, and I used to. I, I found myself being really overwhelmed with the thought of trying to save the planet. I mean, because that's the original intent. It's like, you know what? If I do this, I'm going to make a vast difference, and the world's going to be a better place. You know, that's so overwhelming, and I think that actually adds a, it adds a barrier to you trying to do anything. But since doing this podcast seriously. I feel like, you know what, I'm making so much more of a difference now just by making cool things out of reclaimed materials because other people are making it. Maybe we're inspiring somebody. So instead of looking at that giant save the planet, how about I just save that my garbage can? I'm going to fill it up less with stuff and reuse it. And by me doing so, it's going to, so you're, you're having that, again, that little tiny accumulative, uh, accumulative effect uh, mm. as opposed to trying to be, uh, I'm going to solve the world's uh, plastic bottle in the ocean problem. I just I won't be the one to use plastic bottles. No, for sure. I want to I want to um, sort of quote uh, Benueta in his talk at Making It One Hundred when he talked oh, about the difference between yeah, yeah, yeah. he talked about evolution versus revolution, right? So yeah. we're we're out here all by ourselves thinking we're trying to spark a revolution, right? I'm going to use a hundred percent less plastic. I'm going to use no new material, and then that's what's going to be making the dent. But that's to quote my friend Tim BS. That doesn't work, right? What works yeah. is everybody being a little bit better. If everybody's a little bit better, that's way more effective than me being a lot better because there's lot. way would, more of you than even, me. And I would even take the everybody out of it and just I just want to affect a few people, right? And if we all do that, it's going to affect a lot of people. Right. So that's that's my point. The point is is, is that change that happens on a larger scale, even if it's smaller change, is more effective 
than radical change from a select few or one. I would like to think, Tim, that you personally, your your art, your craft, your makerism, without me and Phil, would probably be 99% growth that you've seen. But with me and Phil, you've, you've reached more people when you've kind of backed off of the whole save the planet purpose, right? Hmm. Uh, but you're, you're reaching way more people now and having more fun doing it. Yeah, it I, like. I want to take a little bit more credit uh, than that. Uh, <laughs> okay, like, I, I was just trying to be nice. Basically, no, if it no, wasn't no, for no. us, Tim would be a nobody. He'd but, be a nothing. You, know, you can't just say that. He'd be a nothing, yeah. Uh, I no, yeah. yeah. Phil's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, both of you, both of you are right. Uh, Phil's maybe a little more right. Uh, that um, I... Yeah, like I, I have only recently this year even more. Like every year, I'm, I'm like kind of more into creating content, um, because I see the value in, and like before I was like I had to have a purpose, I had to go somewhere. But now I see the value in creating content because I can kind of reach more people or whatever. Yep. And, you know, exactly. and uh, and it, it, it felt just sort of wasteful to me when we started this podcast. When I, like you know, I made these things because I needed them or someone else wanted them, and I didn't really make anything unless there's a purpose. Now I'm much more willing to create and experiment. And, and to throw stuff away in the process um, for the greater message, you know. Right. But, Phil, your, your, your talk reminded me of, and I forgot about this, I want to watch it again. I just looked it up. His name is Derek Sivers, S-I-V-E-R-S, and he is, I believe, the guy that, that started CD Baby. Um, and he had a TED Talk called uh, How to Start a Movement or something to that effect. Okay. And, um, and, he, and he showed this clip of a, of a music festival. And there's a band playing. And there's all these people hanging out in the hill, and they're you know sunbathing and drinking and just sort of sitting around. And this band is playing, and everybody's just lounging on a beautiful day. And then this one guy just gets up and starts dancing. And he goes around. He's trying to get all these other people up to dance. And some people are like laughing. They're pointing at him. He's like, "Oh, look at that crazy guy dancing." And then like finally, he gets some girl to dance with him. You know. And so now there's two people dancing. So she gets her friend to dance. And within minutes. Yeah. Everybody that's sitting around looking at this guy like he's a crazy dancer, they're all dancing with him. And his that's point was point. his point was that it's not the band that got him dancing, it's that number one fan, that zealot that started dancing first. Mm-hmm. That's the person that made a movement happen, not the person that, that's right. leading it the movement. It is your number one fan, me, the that second. got the ball rolling to make you as successful as you are. Yeah, yeah. Phil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy, but yeah. uh, but no, but that's and that's like and I, I kind of put that in the back of my filing cabinet and it's kind of coming out again. Like, oh yeah, that's right. It's not necessarily me. What I make is that one guy that goes, "Did you see what Tim made?" Like, those are the people that are like way more important in any kind of movement I'm trying to make or whatever. And I think that I think that all of us. And it's not. It's not like it's a one way thing. It's like I can be that guy for Bill, and I can be like, "Oh my God, did you see what Bill made?" And then when we get to our what's what's your interest at the end of the podcast is there's a guy I'm going to do it for him. Like you know, and be his number one fan, and that's the and, success and of the of the of the maker movement, right? It's that sort of right that influencer model, but that we're doing uh, to just for the community itself. But what we're talking about really is the influencer movement in general, right? So all of these brands got that, right? It's been about what five to seven years of influencers, where it's a real career choice now that you can actually go yeah. in there and create an audience that you then monetize. Um, I think the success of the maker movement is that we sort of have been building each other up like some kind of a giant AA meeting where we're like, hey, Bill's doing great. We should listen to him more. And so is Tim. Yeah. He's doing great too. We should listen to him. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I, I think we're, I don't know a lot of other 
groups, but I think that is something unique to the maker community. It might be. I, I mean, yeah, you talk about comic way. book collectors who are like into that kind of stuff and video gamers. Like every time you – gun collectors, right, are like that, you know, where they'd be super happy to help you out. Hey, somebody would be like, hey, uh, my Glock 27 doesn't work. Could you help me out? I don't know if that's a real gun, but I just right. made that up. It actually is a real gun, Phil. I'm impressed. Yay. Wow, pretty good. <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know what? I think – That's when, true. I guess when you're passionate, zealots in their own community. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. I just think that the maker is different because it's like it encompasses a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different disciplines. But the thing that we carry in common is our is our passion, and the creativity. Yeah, and and just that willingness to sort of and that courage to put ourselves out there and, and to try something new and different. You know, like somebody who loves guns is just loves guns, right? And that's what they're all about. But someone in the maker community is like, oh, I love woodworking, but you know what? I'd give welding a try. I'd give 3D printing a try. I'd give this a try. Well, it's, it's not only that. It's where you get your inspiration from, too. I mean, if you watch, and I do, I, I'm a, I, I love the gun community and online because there's a lot of questions and answers and support that goes on there, but it's different. It is specifically about a thing, about guns, right? Yeah. Um, the maker community, I could watch you build this arcade cabinet, of which I will never, ever, ever build. Ever, yeah. but I could get yeah, no inspired interest. by watching you build that because I like the way you did the the graphics on the cabinet, or because I you inspired me to try and you know plug in an old TV. Or I mean, we get so much inspiration, not necessarily because I want to make what you made, but because mm-hmm. it's like I, I dig the creativity that you have, and it inspired me to be creative. Right. Know? So your 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 arcade machine can turn into my my um, monitor stand. I mean, seriously, it's just it's. It just, that's what, it's like wildfire. It's like, uh, I, I have Bay Area Rapid Transit, the BART trains here in, in California, and it's like uh, subways. It's above and below ground. But anyway, I have literally been on the on the train and see a couple people sitting there kind of mumbling to themselves, and all of a sudden one of them starts laughing so loud and just giggling and laughing. All of a sudden the person next to him starts laughing. Next thing you know, the whole train car, we're all laughing. Nobody knows why, but it's that, that contagion, that... Drugs, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what it, there's one of my favorite sayings I don't know who said it but courtesy is contagious right I mean it's it's that showing that caring that that passion is it makes other people I mean somebody lets me in on the well, on my way to work and I'm I gotta get over lane and somebody lets me in that makes me feel good right and I mm-hmm. pass it on before I get right. to work I've let somebody else get in you know whereas I mean? if they so, whereas if they cut you off and they made it difficult for you to merge over now you're going to be less likely right. to let the next guy in it's funny and, how and that the makes huh? the maker community <laughs> is chock full of people letting you cut in front right yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think it's also um, and I, I didn't really want to get to the existential nature of it but I think it's also that this is such a a lot of it is such a solitary thing like we're alone so often and right. there aren't that many people, and I'll speak for myself here, there's almost nobody in my life who I could, I mean, my brother is a carpenter, so I could a little bit vent with him, but like if I did something cool, there's nobody that would care to listen to me talk about this thing, whereas everybody in the main community is like, really? Oh my God, tell me how, what did you do it with? Which tools? How did you do this, that, and the other, right? So right. it's finding yeah, I, other I'm, people I'm who are right. geeking out about what you're geeking out about is such a powerful thing. Even when you know a few people locally and, and kind of locally, but I'm the same way. There's nobody immediately in my circle that I can say, no, you know, weird out on me about this thing. Casey does as a courtesy. Uh-huh. Oh, that yeah. no, you didn't. No, tell me, didn't. Oh, I that's know. amazing. Yeah. 
But she doesn't really get it. You know? I have about <laughs> seven seconds with my wife before she's like, yeah, okay, I was just kidding. What's, uh, <laughs> what's for dinner? Yeah. I don't really care. Stop yeah. talking now. Yeah, I know. And that's what. things? There's a great example even just at the beginning of this podcast when I was geeking out about how I was fixing up my wood-burning stove because there was something that interested and concerned me, and actually one of you actually cared. <laughs> it was yeah, the other one was like, it, okay, you know? I'm done now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but who, but it's like there's who's there's the that. wife? Oh, Phil, you were the wife. That's I right. was the wife there, yeah. <laughs> But there's, but there's like, there is that audience there, which is, you know, most people don't or didn't have, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, that's why, like I said, you know, last week I was at that or two weeks ago, I was at that maker event and I, you know, being in a sort of reclusive antisocial person who likes to be alone in a shop, I highly recommend that everybody go to these maker events and go to these woodworking shows when they're in your area, because you'll find people that can make you feel as good as Bill made me feel as I talked about my wood burning stove, not you, Phil. <laughs> And yeah. It doesn't take away from that because you said something important there. You like being alone in the shop. I do too. I'd yeah. rather yeah. actually, when I'm making my stuff, leave me alone. I yeah. like my shop. I like the solitary. So don't be afraid that by getting more involved in the community that you're going to be the three times, maybe if you're lucky, that you might go to places and share with people. That's not going to make you not want to be alone. That's the beauty of it. It's like yeah. I if I get to go hang out sometime next year at a, at a meetup or an event or whatever, that's going to be amazing. But I'll be glad to get home, back to my shop, by myself, and, yeah. and take some of that, that, uh, that inspiration that I brought home with me by myself in my shop to, to work on it. And yeah. then you Same. share it on social media. So. And most of them are going to get it. You could be like, yeah. hey, you know, you're hanging out at the wood show for three hours and you've had enough. She's like, dude, I got to know. I got to go to my shop and be alone. Almost yeah. everyone is going to be like, oh, I totally get it. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's actually funny. I'm uh, On Friday, I'm going to be at, uh, at a woodworking show in Toronto. So I don't know if I'm going to see anybody because this is like a – it's not really a maker thing. It's it's more about industrial woodworking. So, But fingers crossed. That would be fun. It's, it's a trade yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really talk about it, but uh, I will. I'm giving you a hug as you speak right now, just so you know. In my mind, I'm hugging you. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. In, yeah. my, in my mind, I'm I'm being courteous and not rejecting it. Um, and a little nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a little nervous, yes. I'm, poli- I'm politely mind. hugging you back. And, yeah. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. But, um, yeah, I'll be able to talk I'm about calling it my lawyer. There, so. In my mind, I'm calling my lawyer who's on speed dial. That's right. Hello, Tim Sway yeah, Council. I'm dialing nine one one. Yeah. Well, I did. I didn't dial nine one. I dialed nine one, and my finger is still on the number one. Yes. So. Yeah, but it's, but it's quivering. It's yeah. hovering. It's hovering and a little Parkinson-y. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing how we can go there. Yeah. You know, it really is. Well, I think we're very accepting of each other's uh, idiosyncrasies, shall we say. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. So, uh, so did we answer the question? No. Do we like ourselves? Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, that's good. Let's pose the question again, just to, to wrap it up. We'll go for it. The question again is: uh, are, are is what we is what we do? Does it matter? And um, I I think yeah. that it does. I think it does. I think that sometimes it feels like it doesn't. But I'm going to go with your tipping point. And I'm gonna hope that in in uh, my lifetime that you know we see that that boulder start to crest. You know, I liked that analogy. There, there's there's a larger question here also. I mean, at the end of the day, right? You take a look at um, at what you can buy from uh, 
you know, ready, ready-made stuff, right? If you go into uh, Office Depot or something and you need a desk, right? You get what you get there and that's it. But if you go to somebody like, um, I don't know, uh, Jeff Shaw, right? Who's, who opened up this, this sort of uh, this CNC shop where he's making custom desks and he made this, this monster of a desk for music production or whatever. What you get from him is going to be completely tailored to what you want. It's totally different. So is there a need for what we do personally and professionally? Personally, yes. And professionally, yes. Because there is a need for custom. And, and that's, that's where I'm going to leave that. I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go your route and just say absolutely to somebody who's looking for that thing that they can't make themselves, but they don't want to go, like you said, to the, to the big box or something like that. And they, okay, here's a good example. When somebody wants that whiskey box that says, yes, I do. That's a huge thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it matters a lot to that person, you know. Or will you? You know, will you marry me? Yes, I will. Whatever. I mean, custom yeah, whiskey that, box. That makes a little more sense than the answer box. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Although it would yeah, be yeah. funny if, if a couple only communicated in whiskey boxes, it would keep Bill in business too, or Phil. But, that would be so like the person. Awesome. The person proposes, and then the, the recipient is like. I'm going to answer you. And then they call for <laughs> I need a box that says, yes, I will. <laughs> I'll get back to you in two to four weeks. Shipping from Canada, not included. Yeah, so it matters. It matters to the community. It matters to your business. It matters to paying your bills. It matters to keeping in, uh, you know, your passion alive, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm happy with that. Let's move on to iTunes review reviews. Ooh. All right, we Do have we a have couple. Any? We have three, we two from the U.S. and one from the Netherlands. Nice. You sure? Is, is it really from the Netherlands? Nope. Or is it John? It's John. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. One, um, one of you here, take each of the, uh, yeah. Okay, okay, I'll start. I'm pulling them up right now. I'll do uh, recent. Matt Fredericks. Uh, five stars. Creativity is the title from October 23rd, so we read it. And he says, The best way to do things often isn't in the book or online because it hasn't been tried yet. I love listening to Bill, Phil, and Tim because they're willing to give things a second and third look. The more we view things as resources rather than disposable and find new uses for objects and materials that have been discarded for whatever reason, the better off we'll be. Let's build some houses out of reclaimed material. Keep up the good discussion Matthew Fredericks in Kansas. Wow, that was really nice. Not even one chip shot. Really, Thank you. Yeah. Thank huh. you very much, Matthew. Let me read that. Maybe that'll help case. us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to read it next week. That, that, that was really nice, um, but I prefer the um, not too bad five stars from Sawdust in My Beard. Here we go. So I've listened to nearly every episode of Reclaimed Audio, so I feel as if I have a decent grasp on the whole thing. Here goes Tim makes guitar some trash, Phil makes boxes from trash. Bill makes cigar box guitars from trash. Bill wins. Huh. I assume that he means because there's both a box and a guitar in the name. Right. That yeah. he wins. Like, oh, I'm only, you're I'm only right. guitar. That's not what I, I was box. just thinking it's just because it's me, but you're right. There's actually a method to his yeah. madness. Yeah. Madness so we agree there's madness. Yes. Madness is involved. Sawdust in my beard. I love you. He means that literally. Um, okay, and uh, oh, oh, John made it somehow. <coughs> has made his way to Europe. <laughs> it's moved. Uh, title: I think it must Change be a 55 star review by now. 
Um, and here's the review. Nope, I still don't know that website. Now I'm in the Netherlands, Tim. Yep. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, John. <laughs> so this is John Tanzi, is that right? That's I, because I believe. I, tell us. I I put up in a private Facebook group uh, a, a tool company from the Netherlands, and I asked if anybody in the Netherlands had ever heard of them. And John, of course, wrote back like, "No, I've never heard of them." And I said something to the effect of, "Like you're the, actually the only person I don't want to hear from about this tool <laughs> company because I I know that you haven't been there." And uh, and so uh-huh. that was why he did that. I I didn't even get it until that. <laughs> Worth it for the review. Like we said, as always, any five-star review will be read out, I mean, within reason, of course. No, anyone with passion, with with love, and with um, with, uh, the appreciation that comes from people supporting us. You know what, I'll say with good intention. How's that sound? Good faith. Yeah, I agree. Because some some people some people have pushed that (laughs) a little bit. To the side and have been really mean, yes. (laughs) <laughs> Let's go with our weekly tip segment. So um, I got one here because it's sort of the, if you don't have a good one. Well, you let me know, <laughs> jerk. Um, let's see here. So uh, in planning uh, in planning to build this little arcade cabinet, what I've decided to do because you've got the two sides of the cabinet that basically have to be identical, right? They're exactly the same. Um, what I've decided to do is I'm going to build a, um, a template out of hardboard and then I'm going to rough out the shapes because I'm going to be building out of half inch Baltic birch. So what I'll do is I'll rough out the shape of the, of the Baltic birch with um, whatever with just the jigsaw. And then what I'll do is I'll do that, uh, that masking tape and CA glue trick to tape the, uh, the template to the half inch Baltic birch, and then I'll use a pattern routing bit on my table, on my uh, my router table, to make sure that I've got uh, perfect edges. So um, if ever you've got a piece that's a little bit more complicated, that's more than just a square, uh, templates are a great way to ensure uh, perfect uh, symmetry. And the yeah. CA glue masking tape trick is also good because it's better than double sided tape. Cleans up easier and it holds better. Right, because there's no gap. I think that's the difference. And also. No gap. That, yeah. that double-sided tape, a lot of the times, um, is uh, has a gap. So what it does is it allows one of the two levels, if you apply enough pressure, because there's foam, right? That's the double-sided tape. It allows it to sort of flex a little, and so that they're well, not. Well, there's, there's a couple kinds. Yeah, some, the carpet yeah, some of them tape, are double-sided thinner. tape is too strong, and what happens is I've used that. You can't clean it off. Tape. Yeah. Never mind clean it off. It'll rip off veneer when you separate the two layers. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will. and it's it'll awful. break your templates. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the so the, that the, the painter's tape is great. Yeah, painter's the, tape and the, CA glue. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's two tips there because Phil, you're absolutely right. If you're if you're routing, if you're doing some trim work with a router to to round over an edge or something, it's square or it's not too complicated. A handheld router is fine, but if you have a router table and access to one. Anytime you can use that for for something that's scrolling, I don't know what you call it, but more more complicated, um, definitely better to do it on the router table. Mm-hmm. So, and templates, yeah. yeah, yeah, great tip. Thanks, man. You didn't you didn't have one there? I I still do. It's not that you good, save but it. You save yeah, I'll it. save it. All right, okay. I'll save it. Okay. Um, what um, what grabbed your attention? Uh, would you say this week, Bill? All right, well, Tim actually, in a way, 
I don't know how he knew this was going to happen, but uh, let me tell you what grabbed my attention. Okay. After after a while of not really hearing from Tim, uh, just before the podcast, I saw on Instagram how he played. I can see clearly now the rain is gone on his new <laughs> guitar, which was awesome. But here's what's awesome about it is I immediately ran out in the garage because I thought I recognized a few of the combination of notes and I started playing it on my cigar box guitar. And again, it's like it's like Tim, the master, plays something on his guitar and I look up and go, I am Groot. And I run out in the garage and I, I do it on the cigar box. guitar. So it's a much more crude, not like he was jamming it. It was it was cool. So that was part of what caught my attention. The other Tim that caught my attention is uh, Tim Webster. And I don't even know if he listens to our podcast, but he hasn't been um, around lately. And not for any bad reason. He's been busy working and going to school. And I think he's going to school uh, to learn how to do CNC work. Right. Yeah. So he posted that he made this um, uh, tap handle. You know the little T handle that you use uh, to make a a tap? Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can cut threads. Mm -hmm. He made the T handle. Oh, cool. He was showing it off online. So bravo, Tim Webster. That looked amazing. I have not that skill. Uh, Definitely jealous. So two Tims that I admire uh, definitely inspired me to catch my attention this week. he made something a while back. I think it was like a little hammer that he made or something. Like yeah. he's like learning machining and you know seeing yeah. or um, uh, lathe machining and stuff. And uh, and I remember I was like, I want one. Make me one. And I never like do that. <laughs> I just I loved it so much. I was like, I want one. And uh, and he's like, I'm still in school. He's like, give me a chance to <laughs> get get around <laughs> to it. I was like, I'm in no rush. But when you start making those, I want one. <laughs> yeah. Or just send you that one. Well, I mean, I'll well, just put it out there for you. That's what we do. Listen, this is what we do. We stick up for each other, Tim. It's the way we do things. What about you? Me. I had two people I want to mention um, in that same spirit of, uh, of, of lifting up and influencing and, and all of that. Um, these are people that have lifted me up in the past, and I would like to lift them up. Um, one is Pat LaPierre, Pat Lapp, um, who I got to hang out with a little bit up at the camp. And, um, you know, he was making bowls. And he made this one bowl um, that was just beautiful i mean they're, they're all beautiful but he made this one that was just so beautiful it was like um so thin like light shone through it and it mm-hmm. was just like super wow. inspiring and um and so i said to him i said my my wife's birthday is coming up it was actually uh yesterday um oh, happy and, I, birthday, and i said can happy birthday, i said Gwen. can you make can you make a bowl like let me pay you to you know make a bowl for my wife because like i always make her gifts and like she's sick of my crap <laughs> you know like let me give her something nice for once you know she needs somebody else's um, crap yeah yeah, exactly. And so yeah. he he made a bowl, um, and said it was like it was all rough because it was last minute. He had to go back, you know, to to Canada and make it and ship it and stuff. But it got here just just today, and her birthday was yesterday, so it wasn't even late. I mean, it was like like pretty perfect, um, and it's beautiful. And I wanted to thank Pat for. I know it's a day late, but that's pretty good considering the situation we're here. That's, that's why I'm like that's perfect. But um, so screw you, Pat, for being late. <laughs> 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 but it was it's absolutely beautiful my wife loves it we love it and i just wanted to thank pat for his uh artistry and his skill and for going above and beyond to get that here to me and the other person can i, I, can I hold yep. on real quick i want to add to that seriously uh, also for a huge heart because pat is a oh, pretty amazing sweetheart. Guy, yep so. yeah he's he's cool it was i got to finally meet him i mean i've known him for years online and i got to finally meet him in person right. up there and i got to spend a lot of time with pat 
Um, and uh, I, he actually even let me. I spent one night in his hotel room, even because I had no place to sleep one night. This is a G-rated um, podcast, Tim. Please stop. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, I, whoa. I whoa. That. I, simmer, simmer down. I got to meet him too, and I hugged him, but I, I didn't spend a lot of time with him in his hotel. So. Yes. Well, well, I guess you're just Tim. not as good of friends as we are, you know. <laughs> but uh, friends. And then, and then, real quick, the other person I want to throw a shout out to is um, I've mentioned this podcast before, the Opposable Thumbs podcast. I love, love, love this podcast, and I love, I love Rob Ray. Um, I love both of them, Taylor and Rob, but I specifically love Rob because I communicate with him more, and he is also a supporter of our podcast, and he has a YouTube channel called Shimmering Trash Pile. Um, He changed the name of it recently, and I want to help people find him, and I want him to have people find him. Shimmering Trash Pile is his moniker on Twitter and everything, and um, he's been putting up videos that relate to what his work on the Opposable Thumbs podcast. If you don't know understand what that is, go listen to an episode, the latest episode, 65 is fantastic it's it's everything i love about the podcast great guests great projects and his project ties into his most recent video and in his most recent video he has he takes this stylus off a record player he puts it on a table he connects it through a box into a recording system and he puts a piece of aluminum foil on top of it and he puts a little bit of sugar water on it and he spends three hours to get a fly to walk on it so we can listen to this fly as he walks on it and he rubs his proboscis or whatever and all that stuff and you can hear this fly doing all this stuff in his video and it's just that's i mean is it is it useful no <laughs> is it awesome and inspiring yes and that's what i love about rob and the opposable thumbs podcast cuz that's what they do is they just they just get all sorts of synapses firing and there's just one for you guys to go check out wow well well uh well good i'm going to check that out Wow, indeed. Please, please do. Yeah. Okay, Phil? Seriously, I wrote it down because I mean to do that and I keep... So I wrote it down. Opposable thumb, number 65. Yes, rubbing proboscis. Got it. Um, Is that what it's called? I don't know. I know. I I assumed you were right. Um, (laughs) I've been watching a lot of uh, arcade builds. So um, ones that I focused on mostly, and to be honest with you, this uh, this is not shilling, but... Um, Bob Whatever. From, Bob we know from, where this is going. Yeah. Do we, though? We should probably just yeah. listen. Bob from Valley um, Stuff? Yeah. He, he makes the best videos on this stuff. And, and not because I, you know, I've met him or whatever and we're somewhat friendly. But uh, he really does take the time to really explain the decisions that he makes and why he makes them. A lot of the times you see these videos and never mind the production value because some of them do have good production value and sometimes they don't. But they do things and they skip over stuff that they really shouldn't be skipping over and they spend too much time on the stuff that's like, yeah, yeah, hurry up, you know? Um, Whereas Bob, I find, just has good pace, explains why he does things, um, gives you like, if he does something in a half-assed way, he'll say, well, you know, this, I did it like this because, you know, this one is my, uh, is my bar top one and I just want to be able to bang it out in a weekend. Oh, okay. But then you watch the one where he does a full stand-up arcade, and he's like, "Here, this one I CNC routered V curved around it to make it look like an old." All to say, um, you know, I, I watched a lot because he did like five videos on on yeah, different on arcade machines. Uh, well, there were yeah. like two or three big ones and one bar top. Um, so there was a lot that he that he did and uh, and did some good explaining. So uh, so thank you, sir. Yeah, I, he's a, I he's a admit- teacher. You know, he's. Yeah. A I was gonna say he's yeah. a master online teacher. The way yeah. I mean, he makes everybody feel like you get done watching this video, I can make that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, definitely. I'd also like to point out that every now and again, I just go on to 
I like to make stuff uh, group. And out of nowhere, I'll just put, I love Bob Claggett. That is all. And every time I've done it, he always writes back, I love you too, Bill. So it's pretty special. That's the word I'd use also. So, yeah. <laughs> I would use the same word. Yeah. Um, let's. So do you uh, do that because you love Bob, or you do, or do you do that because you need Bob to tell you that he loves you? Is no, that for I your ego love or Bob? Bob Bingo was, right was his nameo. No, 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 no. I told you my top five have always been you, Jimmy, Izzy, Bob, and Dave. I mean that that was the people that actually took the time to interact with me when I first found this community. And um, you just got lucky, Tim, and I focused way more on you and where you live and what car you drive and how to get to <laughs> we, your house. We all have our regrets that we have to live with. <laughs> Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Am I right, Tim? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, where are we here? Oh, yes. <clears throat> our websites, ironandsoul.com, williamlutes.com, timsway.net, and newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. Uh, if you'd like to help us write some uh, some intro verbiage. Did we talk about this on this pod? We, we talked about this on the pre-show, didn't we? Pre-show, yeah. 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 Never mind. Uh, send us an email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. Uh, for those iTunes reviews, we will basically read out anything as long as it's a five-star review. So head on over to reclaimedaudiopodcast.com, click on the link, and uh, your iTunes will pop up and you can leave a review as long as it's five stars. Again, we will read it out. And patreon.com slash reclaimed audio, the best way to keep us on the air, if I'm being blunt. And, and the best way to find out what Phil was just talking about. Well said. And here's the thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. With that Patreon, uh, Patreonage, uh, for as little as $1 an episode, you get access to that pre-show. And that pre-show is anywhere between 12 and 17 minutes of R-rated bliss <laughs> per week. So well, it, it basically it, sells I'd itself. I it goes from PG-13 all the way up to R+. X. X-rated. Because Bill's usually not wearing pants. We make him put it on for the real show. <laughs> he sometimes listens. So, all yeah, right, then. Pretty accurate. And on that note, have a wonderful week, everyone. Oh, bye, everybody. Be good in your BS job.